Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> Let us begin the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Mel Herbert. It's time for Talking Tesla 180. That's I'm a here with lot Tom of shows. And Robert. Yeah. It may actually be 181. I think we screwed up the numbering at some point, but you know what? I'm going to let it. my ADHD go. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm going to trust in Mel's. well-oiled machine at this point, <laughs> precise in all manner of podcasting. I really <laughs> doubt that we screwed it. I mean, up. we've maximized all of our, uh, all of our uh, sponsorship dollars, all of our Patreons. We're very, very active on all the social media platforms <laughs> yep. to get our name out there. Yeah. We, yes. we are Absolutely. very focused in, in the focus of this show. We never go off on any sort of tangents about anything no. not related to Tesla. Never or SpaceX no. or the boring company or any of those other things. So, I mean, that's why, uh, it's that's why Elon solid. never comes on our show. No. Yeah. Cause we're just, we're, we're too so focused on. for him. We're he so can't, on. he can't handle us cause we're too focused. Too fuck. What? It's too focused, too <laughs> focused. How, how have you guys been? How have you guys been? It's been like a couple of weeks since we talked the last time we talked, I think Tesla was only worth like, 1500 a share and now it's worth like two thousand dollars a share so i i don't personally understand what's going on with it but i will tell you since the last time we've convened two wonderful listeners i assume have purchased cars using my referral code why do you get all the referrals shout out to andreas and shout out to sean why? I don't, Why you? Because Why? I am every man. Ah! Because <laughs> I speak every truth. Something. I speak truth to power. Yeah, you do. Way, in a way that is approachable to the. But I don't think that's why you get the. Referrals. I have no idea. Is it why, because actually. I'm so dashingly handsome? Like yes, multiple standard deviations are off uh-huh. the charts. The people just are really uncomfortable with giving me more because God has given me so much. That is true. Yes, you get. You have beauty and talent. And, yes, and and inner peace with yes. yourself smooth and, smooth and happiness and head. a full head of hair. Oh, wait, no, I mean a smooth head. And Robert has extraordinary height, above average whimsical good looks, the intelligence of of a man up on high, and I'm just struggling through every day. So people really feel like I just need more help. Yeah, it's because for you, Tom, every day is a bad hair day. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Congratulations, right. Tom. I'm just yeah. saying. So, I got I, one referral. I have Stephen who ordered a car on the 27th of last month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure what, I wish they showed us what everybody ordered, but I don't have Stephen's order here. 
And I wish Stephen, give me, drop me a, drop me a line. Write it right to How? us. How? At, at Talking Tesla on Twitter. Or if you despise Twitter, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could give out my, my secondary email. You could email me the same Twitter handle, my regular Twitter handle. Go it's for it, Robert. Rosen BL. Just send me a little tweet, uh-huh. uh, Robert at Talking Tesla, and let me know what did you order? Was it a Y? Why? Color Why would you do it? that? Why? Why? And uh, for those people who haven't given me a referral, I mean, you really need to think about what you're doing with your lives. <laughs> I know you're buying cars. I know that you're referring cars because I've just heard about them. And I haven't had a referral in over a year. So uh, just think about what you're doing with your life. You don't yeah. even give yourself referrals when you buy the fleet of cars you own. <laughs> I forget to refer to either of you or myself. It's ridiculous. So I guess I can't complain too much. Uh, hey! No, uh, there's, uh, there's been a few fires. There's been some fires. There's been a lot of fires, really, unfortunately. Uh, California and you know is why? mostly on fire. Um, lightning? Bad forestry oh, management? I thought we weren't raking our ding, leaves. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Were we Before not raking you- the leaves? Oh, that has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just came. I just came from the forest. Literally, dirty, dry leaves everywhere. I was in yeah. the Inyo Forest around the Kernville area, and just just leaves everywhere. Leaves and pine needles. Oh, those things. Well, we're supposed just- to. We're supposed okay. to pick those up, according to somebody, because that's what causes the fires. Although um, a number of people who know about forests said, well, actually, that is the entire ecosystem of the forest. That is the yeah. food. It is the bugs. It goes into the soil. It's why the trees can grow. If you take that away, the forest will die. So I'm not sure who to believe, right. but um, <laughs> maybe we should leave the forest floor. In fact, since in I last saw you boys, yeah. my son and I hiked a section of the Backbone Trail which is a uh, newly complete, only the last maybe four years, Mm -hmm. that goes from West Los Angeles all the way out to the Ventura County coastline. You can hike 68 miles. It's a gorgeous trail. My son and I did like 15 miles of it, 13, 15 miles. I don't know. I didn't start my my thing on my phone until we were already kind of a ways down the trail. So I'm going to call it 15 miles. And... Along much of it, there was all of this like brown stuff on the sides of the trail. And my son is composting and he keeps looking at it saying, my God, look at this mulch. This is so gorgeous. I wish I could collect some. So there you go, Tom. You could have collected some of that glorious mulch and used it in your composter. I could have. That would have been lovely. And I'm assuming that this backbone trail runs along the Santa Monica Mountains, the Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy. Very wonderful area for hiking. Lots of trails. I don't know the backbone specifically, but I imagine it runs through the hub in Reseda and uh, is is just wonderful. So that's that's all. That's always very fun. The backbone is on the back of you, Tom. If you put your arm around the back of you and there's a there's a sort of a hard bit that goes down the center of you, that's mm-hmm. where the backbone is. The hard bit. And, and how yeah. long did you spend in medical school, buddy? You were like a resident for eight years because you did it. No, no, you did residency here, so you weren't a registered. No, he was a NASA scientist. Don't you remember from oh, the last right. show? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm a, yeah, most people take about four years to do residency. I took, I think, 12. 
Yeah. So I was forced back a few times to go back to the forest. Yes, the forests are on fire. Unfortunately, that is mm. terrible and very sad. A lot of it is management issues. Too many trees. Oddly enough, for so many years we we suppressed forest fires and didn't allow them to burn slowly and naturally and didn't thin them and and this well, there's is a little. What, uh, We've, there's no, there's a little th- bigger thing than that. It's a little thing called uh, climate change, and this has been modelled and predicted. And these fires are going to get worse and more frequent. And if we don't have a radical change, um, there will be no forests left in California by an estimated 2070. There will be so many fires so frequently the forests will not be able to regenerate. So this is just part of uh, the disaster. As you raise the temperatures, and the temperatures in California have gone up significantly in the last hundred years. The probability of large, massive fires like we saw in Australia last year just grows exponentially. So uh, there's your real problem, Tom. There's your real problem. Tom's showing us a forest. He's got a forest in his hands. I have a a lovely acorn that I picked off the ground. I was cleaning up a few leaves, and this was one of them that I picked up. It's a very green acorn. Very green acorn off of an oak tree that had fallen. I was just reading in the Associated Press about a, uh, a journalist, photojournalist that went into the redwood forest that just burnt and mm. had mostly good news saying, you know, redwood forests are supposed to burn every sort of hundred years or so. It's good for them. And they have their bark is so thick that there are 2,000, 3,000 year old trees there that are still standing and they survive this one as well. This bark mm-hmm. is so thick, the fire burns for a while, but the tree inside is fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's the frequency and the amount of fires that yeah. in the future is going to mean the forests are going to be in big trouble. So we've had these dry strikes. So you have all of this electricity and not much rain or zero rain and all of these lightning strikes, thousands of them across the state. And then there's like fires everywhere. Right. And to emphasize more of the climate change because of the drought, the trees don't have natural sap defenses to the bark beetle. The bark beetle is able to decimate, uh, get between the bark and the tree, which then makes the bark peel off and die and makes the tree more susceptible to fire. So again, we have, we got whole swaths of forests that have been decimated by bark beetle. And uh, a lot of that is just due to lack of water. So, And we've sad. had an enormous heat wave here. And this seems to, this again is happening more and more frequently again to be depressed is to be, mm-hmm. be depressing. Um, I can't remember the numbers that in California we have something like 10, a couple of tens of days over 100 degrees or 110 degrees, and that's going to go up into the 150 count in the next sort of 30-ish years. So imagine 150 days a year where it's over. I can't remember if it was 100 or 110 degrees Fahrenheit, which is over 40 degrees Celsius. Pretty, pretty brutal. There was a day in, I think it was one or one and a half weeks ago in Baghdad, that was 125 degrees and that they had had, I think it was 12 days straight of 115 degree or higher temperature straight. Yep. They had, that's a country where the, where the electricity goes out because they don't have stable grid. They, we also broke a record, uh, two records. One was in death Valley, the highest recorded temperature ever that is reliable. 
So 130 degrees or 54 degrees Celsius, I think that is. There have been some others of about 100 years ago, but um, when they've gone back and analyzed the data, like that wasn't true. So this was the hottest day ever. And then somewhere in the Middle East, they had the hottest 24-hour temperature because it never got under 105 degrees, even in the middle of the night. So that's a bit upsetting. That's really Uh, sad. That's terrible. And so all of this is about fossil fuels, and you hear about our... You know, like people putting the economy of the fossil fuel economy first, you know, they keep talking about this over and over and over again. You got to have the fossil fuel to have an economy. You got to have the fossil fuel to have an economy. You, well, you do not have to have fossil fuels to have an economy. You need to think outside the box and you need to find a new way to make energy in a way that doesn't destroy the thing you're living on because that is is in the long run, I don't know if you gentlemen have an understanding of this or a grasp of it, but in the long run, that's bad. Yeah. So we've had some rolling blackouts here because of the just extraordinary amount of energy usage during this time because air conditioners are running full blast. And so people were quick to jump on and saying, well, it's because you've got too many renewables and you can't keep up, so you need to burn more fossil fuels to make the situation even worse. And the head of the California Utilities Organization said that's actually not true at all. It's way more complicated than that. But uh, the amount of renewable energies in California is not uh, the problem. And in fact, the solution, one of the big solutions to this, is much more solar energy with battery backup that is distributed. Um, He was explaining how if we had more solar panels, which it's interesting because the DWPs and the, the, what are they called? The people who make the electricity? They're really, the utilities are really against distributed solar at your house and you having a battery backup. They don't like that because they haven't worked out a way to make money out of it. But from a California point of view, we need more of that. We need thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to have solar panels and to have battery backup because those people then are not on the grid stressing it between, say, three and nine o'clock at night because they're taking from their batteries. And that really helps stabilize the grid when everybody's using their air conditioning. So we actually need way more solar energy. But we also need way more battery backup. And get this, you know, our referral codes, I don't know whose month it is, but, you know, mine is probably Tom's 3177. Our referral codes will also get you a benefit when you get Tesla solar, which nowadays is like risk free. You can rent solar on your house and you can get battery backup integrated systems, which are so nice. Like Like Mel, how many hours a day, Mel, do you spend looking at your Tesla app, just to see where the electricity is flowing within your little kingdom. If you want to see fully-fledged uh, ADD, you need to watch me in the Tesla app, particularly on these hot days. So I'm trying to get 100% renewable energy to the cars, to the house, to everything. So I'm on that thing managing it constantly. So uh, I'm filling up the cars. All right, that's enough there. We're using a lot of energy in the house. Got to make sure that the the power walls are full by the time the sun goes down. And uh, so I'm constantly plugging in cars. Okay, this car can have 50 miles. This car can have 50 miles. Um, And right now, uh, I've got three power walls. It's been a really hot day. The air conditioning is still running. But uh, let me give you an update. Here is here we go. One second here. Just uh, I've got 88% left in the power walls. Power flow currently right now, 1.6 kilowatts uh, from solar energy going into the home. 
Now, the sun is going down, so 1.6, 4.7 coming from the power because the air conditioner is on right now. And uh, this is the worst time of the year, but I still find through my excellent management, through AI, Mel Herbert AI, I can uh, run <laughs> the whole house and the cars and still in the morning have about 17, 18% uh, storage left. And that's running the AC most of the night. I love it. ADD, great. You should get some. Imagine if I put that towards something useful. Probably cure cancer. Could you? Could you really? I think it's better that you just be your your own uh, self and you share that with the listeners so they can think twice. Actually, I've had two people uh, that I know who have bought Tesla solar with power walls. They neither one of them asked me anything first. They didn't use my code. Code. And I've got a Powerwall that Tesla is dying to give me. I don't know if they're dying to give it to me, but they're calling me and emailing me all the time. Where should we deliver it? Where should we deliver it? Which I would love to give to somebody for a little bit of cash sure. uh, because I don't have a place to mount it. And uh, I certainly don't want to store however many hundreds of pounds it is. So um, if you're looking for a Powerwall, send me a tweet. And the other thing was... How many people know me and Tesla? Three people came up to me and told me, you know what I did? I bought a Model Y. I bought a Model X. And I was like, oh, great. Did you get the, the extra 1,000 miles of supercharging with my code? What code? Mm-hmm. Like the big code I told you about <laughs> three times already. You know, it makes me feel like such an idiot. But at the same they time. They gave it to Tom. Right. No, I don't think so. I don't think they gave it. They gave it to nobody. They're like, oh, can I fix that? I was like, no, not now. It's upsetting. So anyway, I'm just saying, solar plus power were really nice. And there's a um, couple of people who were caught in the fires, and their power went out. But they had Tesla plus power wall, and one guy I think was off grid for 168 hours. And he's like, but Tesla plus power wall, I was fine the whole time. Yeah, I saw that tweet come across. In fact, now the Tesla Owners Club of Los Angeles is getting its tweet game on. If you follow the Tesla Owners Club LA, which you should on Twitter, there's some good conversation there, including this Sunday. Are you guys going to come this Sunday? To the Mount Wilson Drive? There you go, Tom. So we're doing our annual drive up Mount Wilson. And you know, Mel, for you in particular. Yes. uh, Mark from RPM Tesla is going to be there. And he has a dash for you. But there's one he, problem. He wants to put it in no, your car like for people. you. Yeah, see, Tom understands. The problem <laughs> with gatherings of people is that there's people that are in them. And <laughs> uh, it's really best for me to be sequestered away from the rest of humanity. So maybe this is what I can do for you. If I decide I want to go, I'll just take your why. Take my why. Yes. I'll go. I'll go see Mark. I'll leave the three. I'll take my stuff out of it. I'll leave you the cards that open it and close it. And then I'll I'll continue to make your Model Y payments. You can continue <laughs> to make Model Y free payments. And we'll just swap. Tom, I've already paid for the Y. Oh, really? Oh, oh that's yeah, you weird. knew that, didn't you? You're <laughs> a, you're How a robber. How could I possibly know that? How yeah, but then I... Mel would still end up with the white dash. No, my car doesn't have a white dash. 
Oh, it has the wood? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm thinking I want the go. wood now. Ready I think I want the wood. And it already has tinted windows and and uh, just a small little dent in the running board. Just a <laughs> tiny one. Tiny one. Guess what? Did I say this what? on the last show? No. You know how I have a Model 3? It's an original, 2017. Hardware 2. Guess what it's got now? Hardware, Hardware 3. 3. Hardware 3. Did I talk about it last time? No. No. Hardware 3.0. So I paid for it, I believe, 12 years ago. Uh, <laughs> 12 three, times. Yeah, 12, 12 times, times in the last 12 years, actually. It was $3,000. And I finally mm. got a thing in the app. It was a great story. In the app, it pops up and mm-hmm. says, hey, you need to schedule your Hardware 3 installation. So I call them and they're like, well, we don't have that part. What are you talking about? I'm like, okay, great. So then two weeks later, I get a notification in the app. Hey, you should get that installed. And I call them. They're like, we don't have that. Anyway, uh, a couple of weeks later, they said, oh, yeah, we do have that now. So uh, come on in and it should take about five hours. Three days later, I had it. It was great. <laughs> and it works later. really well. It took them three days to put this puppy in because what we'd been noticing actually is that some of the cameras, particularly the rear camera, was just not working half the time. And then we're getting these alerts. So it was perfect timing because they actually had to rewire a bunch of the cameras in addition to putting in hardware 3.0 to make it work. So I got new wiring and I got hardware 3.0 and it's working great. Yes. That's very, very cool. I don't, I still have uh, original hardware. It's OG. What's it up to now to buy it? Is it four or five now? $5,000. I saved two grand. Yeah, did you? How many times did you pay for? Uh, seven times, seven yeah. or eight, maybe okay. nine times. Yeah. How many? How many? How many times have you done full full self driving? Full self driving. Let me just uh, let me just hang on. Let me. Go. Oh, uh, that'd be none. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So so same amount as me. Same yeah. amount of. So, but I paid a lot more than you. Tom, so yeah, I just want you. To, that's, just, that's. I think you you may be confused over uh, over the, like the benefits of that. No, of that. I'm pretty sure I spent more, so I must be better <laughs> off. I must be better off. Well, I I for one am envious. I wish I was getting uh, new hardware, and hopefully, I'll get another opportunity at a at a discount from Elon at some point. But who knows? Some days he's feeling magnanimous. Some days he's not. He is making a lot of money each and every day based on the <laughs> amount of money that the Tesla stock is going up. It he is, made $4 billion in one day. Yeah. It's well, good, I mean, good if you can and, do it. And then he called Warren Buffett, and Warren Buffett was like, oh, that's cute. That's totally adorable. You made $4 billion. I made $68 billion today. Thank you very much, Apple. Didn't he pass Warren Buffett, though? He just passed Warren Buffett as the fourth no. richest man in the world? Yes, he did. He passed Buffett? Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, how's that possible? Amazon, it's Facebook and Elon. So they have names. That's Bezos. That's yes. Zuckerberg. Yes. That's Elon. What about so Gates isn't even up there anymore? That that's got to hurt. I uh, I don't. There's some other name of a guy who I don't know who it was. Who was I think number four, foreigner. Right. Let's let's talk about some Tesla stuff now. We have been talking about all this other stuff that no one listening cares a damn about, and you've added several. Well, what I just added was that I got a, things. I got a tweet while we were ramping up and 
BSing uh-huh. with each other before we started the show uh-huh. that one of the Teslas that is up on Pikes Peak, mm-hmm. which is in Colorado, yep. is a famous drive. You can drive up to the top of this very tall 14,000 plus foot mountain. And there's a road and that road closes down every year and all manner of vehicle race up it. And it's only in the last three or four years that electric cars have become, uh, how would I say, um, rather efficient at it and doing well. And now they're the cars almost exclusively to beat. Except today, one of the Teslas crashed. Uh It was driven by a guy named Joshua Allen. And there's pictures on Twitter of the car. With It's a Model 3. It's in this like nice gray. I think the, the body might actually be uh, custom because it looks really crunched. And there were parts of it that looked, yeah, looked kind of exposed metal. A lot of flared fenders. There's like tree parts attached to the bottom of the car. Uh, and he's actually been hospitalized. But he is alive. And so the question is how how much he was hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt too bad. Yeah. Because the Our car, thoughts go which out I've to in, him and his family for a speedy recovery. Yeah. And so I've included pictures of what the inside, you would say, you know, Tesla, safest car in the world, airbags and all this good stuff. But if you actually look at the pictures of what these cars look like on the inside, I showed you a couple of pictures. This is the car that's being raced up Pike's Peak by Unplugged Performance, which is one of the customizers here in California, they do some pretty crazy stuff with Teslas, with uh, suspensions and such. Uh, You can look at their car. There's a picture here of both the driver's seat and the back seat. Wait, there is no back seat. It's been gutted. I'll tell you this about this particular car. Like, I think this car may actually have a little more cargo space than the Model Y. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's quite possible There's, that this car But they took out the airbag, or is that just the covering uh-huh. of the airbag? Yeah, no, they took it out. It's out. Everything. No, they just, this wow. thing's been it is stripped. stripped raw. So just to yeah. make it light so it can go faster. and They right. do have a nice roll bar. It does have some nice performance pedals, though. They look like the pedals <laughs> on my vehicle. They do. Where'd you get those, Tom? I got those from Market RPM Tesla. They're totally Oh, cool. yeah, mine, mine look like that, too. But there's no floor mats, so you would be you wouldn't like this one as much. No, I need to have I need to have floor mats. There's an oxygen tank though. I wonder if that's for the driver or it's not to feed the engine, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know either. How tall is, is Pike's Peak? It's over fourteen thousand feet, so I wouldn't doubt that they are trying to keep the drivers from having any type of uh altitude sickness. They want to keep them sharp as a tack all the way up. So yeah, yeah. they don't get any hypoxemia or any of that stuff. Right. When you're driving, you know, 120 miles up a narrow mountain road, 20, 120 miles an hour up a narrow mountain road, you don't want to fly off the mountain road. No, so, you really don't. That, that I can, I can attest to that. Like I've, I've not driven quite that fast on a mountain road, but there's no way I would have at any speed. I'd want to fly off the side of a mountain road. That you should hard. see me no, driving on mountain roads. I'm rocking like 20 miles an hour. I'm that guy. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid I'm going to die. I'm that guy. There's 1,500 cars behind me and I'm not pulling over. This is my right, okay? It's my right to go slow. You're that, you're that guy. That's, that's really that's awesome. Sweet. 
After having driven my truck again into the forest, uh, I'm really, really wishing I had a Cybertruck. So I wish I wish all of these referrals were work, working me towards a free Cybertruck. That would be pretty amazing, but they are working could start, me towards absolutely nothing, I think. is. We could start that. a new YouTube channel. Yeah. It's called Where's Tom? Like, Where's Waldo? We have uh-huh. a map of the world, and where's Tom? Where is like Tom it. in his Cybertruck today? That would be awesome. I have spent 17 evenings out of doors this year. 17 evenings. Wow. That's uh, 15 more than I. It's pretty good. I have spent zero evenings. Yeah, there was that one time you passed out in the cabana after too much Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Passed out face down in the pool. Yeah, that could happen. (sighs) Uh, we oh, had a recent geez. software update that literally I was going to do fun with release notes, but there were zero release notes. The only release notes was like new language options. Um, and that is on the Model 3. I have uh, 2020, 28.6. 2020, yeah, 28.6. Yes, I'm winning. I've got 2020.32.3. And, and what is it? What do you feel like? You have 3211 on your Model 3. Oh, no, that's not updated. Never mind. So 32.3, uh, does that mean your full self-driving is working, buddy? Yeah, totally. Full self-driving the whole time. Have Actually, you been this... doing the stop sign stuff lately? Have you tried been trying that? Yeah, out? it's gotten a lot better, a lot better. Okay. Uh, this that's release, good. its big thing was integration with Powerwall. So you can set it up so it you know, can fill the power wall and fill the car and it does. I don't exactly know how yet because I haven't played with it. Um, so there must also be some update to the app, but that's what it was touted as in the car. It's like now you're going to be able to organize your charging of power wall and car during these difficult times. So I haven't seen actually anything different in the app. So maybe I'm missing something. I need to go do some stuff. But, uh, you know, there's a picture here of a very broken car and I want to know the story. Well, I think before we get to that, we should talk about the the alert that everybody got. I don't know if you got this, but I got oh, it yeah. in my car. Yes. Right. The alert from Tesla, which I thought was really quite interesting. So like Mel mentioned a little while ago, there's rolling blackouts in California. And Tesla sent tweets and messages in the iPhone app and a pop-up message in the cars to tell you to like chill out on charging your car between the hours during like the peak hours to avoid as many people losing power as possible. And you wrote here 4 to 7. The message that I got was like 4 to 10 p.m., so it was slightly okay. different on the car. I'll have uh, to but, modify the, work, the notes. But maybe that's just my area, possibly. I mean, it could have been that's very true. specific. could have be, been area-specific, which because I live in the San Fernando Valley, much hotter, much more use of electricity you live in the santa monica area so there's you know less air conditioning required due to the ocean breezes and and such but i thought this was a really cool service and on Mm -hmm. top of this whole thing so if you talk about tesla being proactive as it pertains to this i got an email today or yesterday from tesla in regards to the dwp and again this is a very local situation 
but the DWP is planning some fees to people who put in solar or power walls or even add to their existing solar to the tune of like 900 to potentially $4,500 per household to make sure that they're keeping their revenues as more and more people go off grid, which is like up to 10 to 20 times more than like PG&E. And PG&E is usually terrible at this sort of thing. So I signed a petition today that they were sending to Gavin Newsom because he's in control of the DWP as the mayor of LA to sort of avoid that, you know, solar surcharge from the DWP on all of us that are trying to do the right thing. You know, we pay a little more, we're paying a little more for our electricity, a little more for solar, at least initially. Um, and it's, you know, we're, 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 we're making this investment in everybody's future. And I don't think the DWC P should make us pay for it, but I do understand the difficulties in them trying to plan long-term and short-term, you know, in, in this situation, but it's not, not, not the way to do it in my opinion. No, I agree. That's horrible. I signed the petition too. So come on. I think it's fine. Perfect. Utilities need to stay there and they need to, you need to be grid tied still and all that stuff. But, um, this seemed to be a little bit too expensive, a little bit uh, draconian. Well, I would also say if they're going to ask for this much money, I think there's a lot of people like me and you who would be willing to pay that if we knew they were going to use it to build electric peaker plants, to, to actually build the infrastructure of the future that maybe they can't afford to do otherwise. I think I might have a different perspective on it, but if they're just going to go about business as usual and they're just looking you know, for whatever, I, I'm not so down with that. Okay. Well... Let's talk about uh, Tesla safety, please. I'm just staring at this picture. I need to know the story. Yeah, I got sent this by uh, a friend who said, my God, this is the best advertisement for Tesla among the peeps they interact with, which are people who have the money to buy a Tesla. And uh, so here is a model I can't tell. I think it's, Why is it that? looks it looks to me like it's an S. It appears to have be an older one because it looks like it might have a sunroof. It is a Model S. You're right okay. because I remember the story. This was a uh, this went around on Twitter. I'm sorry, on Reddit, where this person was driving in Florida. I think they were driving home. They lived out of state. They lived up north somewhere, and in Florida on the interstate highways, they have brakes where people can cross the highway, like from a side road. Like here in California, that's like, I don't know, at least in my experience, it's unheard of. If there is somewhere that somebody needs to get across an interstate, there's either a road that runs under the interstate or a bridge that runs over the interstate, but not in Florida. Regularly, they have these crossings. Yes, Tom. 395 in California, which is, runs along the eastern highway. I mean, people drive 85, 90 miles an hour in that thing. It's pretty much as highway as it gets yeah. when you're when you're up there. There's plenty of crossroads. There's there's a couple that come in and out of uh, like rest stops that I think are very dangerous. And I've had seen some very close calls in, in those things where people are going into the divide in the middle of the highway. So it happens. It's not as common, but it, but it does happen. Well, this semi evidently pulled out in front of this car, and the autopilot reacted. The driver tried to do some evasive maneuvers at the same time, and evidently the uh, end, the back end of the semi was what the car struck, just in front of the driver. You can't really see the wheel 
or the fender in the region in front of the driver, literally that front end of the car got torn away. And you can see it kind of like just pushed off to the side, but believe it or not, and you can see the driver's seat directly through. The A pillar is gone, the glass is gone, the roof is kind of starting to collapse, and the driver walked away from this car crash. And so did his daughter in the back. I think it was a guy who was in the car when this happened. He, yeah, so he his daughter was arm. asleep. She had six stitches in her knee. He broke mm-hmm. his arm and had a couple of surgeries for pins and plates in that arm. But basically, they walked away from a thing that I imagine almost any other vehicle they don't walk away from. I mean, there's a lot of really safe cars, but this car is demolished. They didn't even have to cut him out of this. That's how cut open this car was agreed, agreed. in the collision. So They used pretty, the entire crumple zone of the frunk. I mean, that's yeah. what took so much of that force. Uh, any other car, that engine would be in the driver's lap. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible picture. I don't know, we can... It, we'll put in the link to the Reddit. You can look at it yourself. But the cool thing and the follow-up of this story is that this guy's in the hospital. He's had his surgeries. Now he's in Florida. He still needs to get home, which is a long ways away. He'd had an order for a Model Y pending. And what does Tesla do? They drive up so he can see from his hospital window with a Y and they park it. And the person, the Tesla employee who brought it, sort of waved at them through the window and then got picked up and drove off. And basically, they just delivered to the hospital his new Model Y. That's awesome. How cool is that? That is very good public relations. Good job. Yeah. It's amazing. Glad we picked that one up. Yeah. I don't Uh, know if I, I don't know, man. Like, if I'm in an S, like you've been in an accident in an S, but you bought a three. I don't know, man. I think I might buy another S. <laughs> no, the, I think the three is even safer than the S. Really? Yeah. yeah amazing. I, you know, I don't know if it's, you can't really do a head-to-head comparison, but it's at least as yeah. safe. And Elon was saying, I can't remember the, that the three is the safest of the lineup. I need to check that. But um, I think that's true until they start with this new stamping machine. I didn't put it in here, but it was in my list of potential articles at Fremont. They brought this Italian stamping machine that's supposed to stamp and cast the entire rear end of the Model Y. We've talked about this before. Uh Well, now now the device is on site. They installed it. And now they're building a building around it. <laughs> That's what's the so thing great. is so big. Uh, in and Fremont, they're building a in building Fremont, around it? Yeah, Are they the building a end, tent around it or an actual hard building? Well, it's sort of like a tent. It's like one of those permanent tentishes. Huh. That's fascinating. That's very cool. Yeah, and then they're going to basically bring the parts. This is the thinking, is that they're going to ferry the parts on some sort of a, a conveyor system into the factory to be incorporated into the cars, but the parts themselves are going to be quite hot when each one of them gets stamped by this mega machine, which I think is the largest uh, stamping casting machine that there is. Yep, in the world for anything. This thing, it's like five times as big as the space shuttle. This thing is large. As the space shuttle? I've, I've stood space under shuttle. the space shuttle. That is a big vehicle. Yeah. And they're, they've already ordered one for uh, Shanghai. 
They've ordered one for Berlin, and they've ordered one for Texas as well. So Tesla's like, how much is that? How much are a dozen? <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll take four. Would you like us we'll to send four. our robots over to build it? Robot, robot. And he's and like, so hey, can you just exciting. wait five minutes? Just wait five minutes. Okay, now the stock price has gone up enough I can pay for all this. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that crazy? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's pretty amazing. Tesla, I think, you know, this one, this story is, I think, going to be near and dear to Tom's heart, has launched its own car wrap service. What are they going to wrap it in? Like cellophane? Uh, Aluminum? In Turkey. They're going to wrap it in Turkey. Lots of Tesla owners in places like China were unhappy that there were so few color selections because in China, there's like, a lot of Teslas being sold. They're coming off the factory, selling them as fast as they can make them. It's not that big of a country. I guess the folks there really want to have an individualized Tesla experience. And so Tesla is now wrapping their cars, the ones that are sold in China and Shanghai for owners. I don't know how much it costs. I didn't get down to the nitty gritty on this, but I thought uh, in one in Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, and Shuzhou, they're they have wrapping services. This is a huge mistake. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because when I go on my walk, I walk down the streets here of beautiful uh, Woodland Hills. Yeah. There is a lime green Tesla. It is the brightest, limiest, greenest Tesla X you've ever seen. And I look at that and I'm like, you took that beautiful car and you turned it into that. And then you walk about five more minutes down the road and there is a bright, ridiculously purple shade of horribleness and i'm like this is what happens when you give people choice they make bad choices <laughs> oh i'm very concerned make their, but people make choices for themselves that they love melvis this no, is why the, people they're in the car this is why people don't, don't use color. your referral code it's attitudes like this about people's individualistic choices no i think if you're going to wrap your car you should talk to your neighbors and say since uh-huh. you're going to be looking at it I'm going to be driving it around. I'm on the inside. You're on the outside. Mm. You should choose what color I have. I shouldn't be in this. I'm just saying. This is how I, I would run like things. to wrap my car in like matte and have a matte white car. That would be awesome. I would be really. Down. So there you go. Tom wants to do that. So I thought this was going to be uh, matte an white. important story because I really do love the, like when people take their black Teslas and wrap them in a matte clear. And then it looks matte black. That is pretty baller. I'm not going to lie. Pretty baller. I want to I want to <laughs> wrap mine in Hogwartian uh, make it disappear color. You could How about this? You Ooh. probably you're you're a Invisibility you're, cloak. you're you're a you're a man of European descent. Do you have a family crest or colors or tartan or any of those things? Uh, I think it's <clears throat> I think it's sort of like a can of beer. Um, okay, tartan. so you could it's take like that Budweiser. can of beer or or like for you, imagine a bucolic scene of your childhood, just you in the field with your sheep. Yeah. And, and you could take a picture of that and you could put that on your car. So everywhere you went... It could you could Australian be reminded outback. of your childhood and the and the lovely, beautiful Australian outback. I remember once upon a time there was a attempt to convince one Mel Herbert that <laughs> if one person on the podcast would wrap their car in a talking Tesla wrap, 
would that then garnish them a gratis Tesla? The answer was absolutely, fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he meant from you. No, I I don't think he meant like from someone else. Like, I think he was like, if, how about this, Mel? You wanted the Y, the the dashboard to the Y. I've offered to trade my Model 3 for it and take over the payments of yours, and you take over the payments. (laughs) That seems fair. Yours is a lot newer, so probably a lot more payments left on it. And then I'll wrap the Y in talking Tesla logo. Mm. And then this show will just whoosh. It'll just take off. And you can, can, when we sell the podcast network to Spotify, for a hundred million dollars, because that's apparently what Spotify is buying podcast networks for these days. I think we'll be in business. Tom, I really like the way you're thinking. I don't see any flaws in that. <laughs> uh, and Spotify will buy us, right? For a hundred million? That's like- yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that seems it. Like they bought Joe Rogan's show. That's just one show. You have right. a whole uh, network of. We have shows. a network of shows, so we're probably going to come out of this with like five hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, I, it seems like a good idea to me. It's like a no-brainer. I'll even put, how about this? Talking Tesla on both sides, and then on the hood or the trunk, we'll just drop a Spotify logo on that and just call it done. Just and be like, put, put my uh, referral code on there too somewhere? Yeah. Oh, you, dude, for sure we'll put your referral code. In fact, if this, if this goes down like this, I will acquiesce the use of my referral code in perpetuity. On this are, show. You, are you saying that the potential to make hundreds of millions of dollars is more valuable than a couple of referral codes? I'm just trying to get, I'm just <laughs> trying to get a free Y. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to get the Y, buddy. That's all. I'm, I thought you want um, the truck. I do, but I mean, the truck won't be out for a couple of years. So, I mean, I take the Y in the meantime. It's got a lot of room. I, I feel like I could take it a lot of places. It's got the range and it's got a lot of room in the back. And Got to tell you. Got to tell you, it's it's uh, that extra space, the uh, hatchback, the oh, tremendous, tremendous car. Yeah, I put a lot of things in the back of my Model Three, and it'll hold a lot of things. But I want the I want the hatchback. Did you guys hear? Have you guys hear? Speaking of the Model Three, have you heard the story? It's been a rumor that the newer Model 3s, they're going to start putting the electric trunk on. Have we had any confirmation of that? No, it's supposition because it looks like the newest Model 3s have a smaller frunk. And it is supposition that that means that they're freeing up room for the heat pump that's in the Model Y, which will make the Model 3 more efficient. And it seems like a reasonable thing. Why else would you shrink that down? You're putting something in there and the heat pump's got to go somewhere. So maybe that's what it is. But but that doesn't have anything to do with an electric hatch on the on the trunk, so I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah, they're also oh. talking about changing the headlights. Yeah, oh. it was headlights, headlight change design, a frunk change, and electric automatic opening and closing trunk were the were the rumors, but no confirmation so far yet. Oh, I was uh, yeah, don't know, I don't know. Uh, can we talk about? Batteries again? Oh, Absolutely. Because battery day is coming, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get to battery day, Robert's got a little thing in here about what is about to become the world's biggest battery. We keep talking about big, big, bigger, bigger, true? bigger. Is this going to be the world's biggest battery? Yeah, it's going to be in Moss Landing in Monterey, okay. where they're trying to replace a gas peaker plant. This is also happening similar 
in, Vin in uh, Oxnard, there is a gas peaker plant that has closed and is going to be replaced by a Tesla battery. Yes. This one is even larger up in the Monterey area. Both of these deals are through PG&E. And I just threw in this PG&E uh, press release because there isn't much detail available in any press about this. But to me, this is very exciting. This is, uh, uh, the installation is next to a PG&E million megawatt. So that's a million million. Thousand uh, megawatt, sorry, thousand megawatt. I'm sorry, thousand megawatt. So that's a terawatt gas peaker plant. Uh, and it's gonna have a 256 uh, mega packs. So that's a lot of mega. It's a lot it's of mega packs. Yeah, it requires 33 concrete slabs. Each one of them is going to have battery and um, power conversion equipment. Uh, lots of lots of gear to be installed on this site to allow for up to 182.5 megawatts to flow out of the batteries for stretches of up to four hours. So the total capacity of this megawatt or this power pack installation is 730 megawatt hours of energy, which is a really, lot. really big. Yeah. This and is enough to run the San Francisco area for four hours, as, as I understand. That is a tremendous amount of energy. That's got to be yeah. wrong. <laughs> is this ah, chart? Ah. Is this chart that is above here correct as well? Like, so this California net electricity generation by source in April of 2020, non- so California, let's just call it the biggest state in the union, the most populous state in the union, has managed to have the highest percentage of the six ways that we are currently making energy in this state. Non-hydroelectric renewable is the biggest by far. That's right. In other words, renewable. So this is like wind and solar. Solar, right. Wind and solar accounting for 5,500,000 5, megawatt hours, which it looks like if I added all of this stuff up correctly, like maybe 40%, 35% of all of our energy generation in, in the state of California. That is we are more very, than, very impressive. We are more than 50% renewable right now, which is fantastic. But just going back to this uh, battery, mm -hmm. um, so this is a gas peaker plant that is being dismantled. It's still, it's used That's about, correct. they're only using about 10% of the capacity at this point. So they're just going to end it. They're going to take mm -hmm. it down. It's big and ugly as these gas peaker plants are. And then they're going to yeah. put this puppy out there. This is actually super exciting. And I'm sure they're going to have the same experience that they had in South Australia, which is they put this thing up and then they find it so efficient. It's so grid stabilizing that they're like, can you build us another one, a bigger one? It seems like every time they put these in, the peeps that buy these are like, this is way better than we even thought. I'm very excited about this. The cost of the yep. batteries are coming down to the point where these utilities are like, get rid of the gas peaker plants, chuck in one of those Tesla batteries, or in this case, a bunch of Tesla batteries. So this thing is estimated to save over $100 million over its 20-year life based on what they're currently paying to run the peaker plant or what other, other systems. So... Just right off the bat, they're saving $100 million, which is great for PG&E, great for the PG&E rate 
you know, people who are in the PG&E areas. And the PG&E senior vice president noted that battery storage is increasingly playing an integral role in enhancing overall electric grid efficiency and reliability. It integrates renewable resources while reducing reliance on fossil fuel generation. So this is one of those key things We've, we've gotten well past proof of concept at this point, right? We've gotten past proof of concept. We've gotten past whether or not it's cost effective. So now it's usable. It's useful. It's economic. Uh, that's a no-brainer? Yeah. I, was, I just right. did a quick calculation, and I, I could be off by an order of magnitude. But at this, if I put this 730 megawatt hour battery pack in my Model Y... I, I can drive it 3 million miles or 30 million miles. I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to have to check the math. But I'm just saying that's the kind of range that I'd really, I'd really like. Three, to, three to 30 million would be nice. I feel like dragging around 256 mega packs might have some range limitations. So you may only get like a million miles of range out of that. Okay. Yeah, but imagine, a drag on but that. imagine that initial bill to like charge them all up. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to get a, 20 <laughs> get a, a mega charger. Look, I'm just going to plug it in on the uh, 240 volt, uh, 40 amp. I'll be back in about 28 years, and uh, this puppy will be ready to go. You're going to you're going to want to run an extension cord from your neighbor's house, I think, to <laughs> fill up 730 megawatt hours. Yeah, that'd be well, funny though. It'd be like you have approximately 7,200 years of supercharging <laughs> left until you're. Uh, so Battery Day is September 22nd, and they're in, doing Investor Day and Battery Day all together. It's going to be great. Um, they were going to do it live, remember, like six months ago or four months ago. Where like, to Elon wants to wait till September 22nd so that they can do it in person. And Robert and I were saying, they're not going to be doing it in person September 22nd. So now they've realized, no, there's still no crowds in September. Thank you very much. So it's mostly going to be virtual. But... Um, one of the things that they teased with their little image that's uh, talking about this thing is a picture that smart people say is actually a picture of um, these nanotubes, which is a way of producing batteries which theoretically can increase the – or nanowires can increase battery density by 50%. Ooh. So I – don't think they're going to say we've got a battery that has 50% more capacity or more um, density. But I do think, because if they did that, your Model 3, Tom, would get 450 miles range. Your Model well, S could mine. get 600 miles range. No, well, not mine, but I, can't, but I can't imagine them. I can actually imagine them using this technology in the S and X, you know, depending on what it costs to develop and what their you know, ROI on it. To make those cars again stand out from the S, from the Y, and the three, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they, now Lucid I, with their 517. You know, Elon wants to like, no, nah, that's not acceptable. We need to. Have yeah, I mean, and I would love that. for them to start throwing those in the Model Threes as well. I, I mean, I feel like at some point, enough is enough with range. I know you don't agree with that, but yeah, but you could also, 500. but you can imagine like. The, the real question or, or, or a question that I have right now is when he discussed the range of the Cybertruck or the Roadster being, you know, what, a thousand miles or six? What was the Roadster? Roadster, was when revealed, 
620, but it's probably going to be way higher than that. 620, right? Was he using this nanowire technology as like, oh, I know at that point we're going to have nanowires. I'm going to throw them into the Roadster. That's why the Roadster, the Roadster is going to have what? 120 kilowatt hour battery maybe and then nanowires maybe makes it efficient enough to be 600 620 20 miles that would be pretty i mean that's one way again this technology might be very expensive might be too expensive to throw in a model three at least initially we all know that as you implement technology it becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper but you know the other the thing about Tesla and the Model 3 and the Model Y specifically, right, is we know that their goal for those cars is longevity, right? Million miles, million plus miles. And they may not want to start to throw nanowires in that. They may not know, you know, as much about that technology, whether it will last as long. And it may just be too much of a risk to throw into the Model 3. But that would be a, a, a way, a good way to differentiate the S and the X, obviously a good way to get that mileage into the Cybertruck. That would be pretty amazing. I don't know enough about the stability of nanowire technologies, but I am excited for September 22nd to find out. I am so excited. They're just, I think they're going to be multiple different technologies they tell us about. They're going to tell us about a roadmap. It's going to be big. When Elon says, I know about what's coming and I can't even believe it, it gets me excited. Now, he is a bit of a marketer, but uh, I'm very, I'm very excited. But you know what? If you've got a car that uh-huh. has a big battery with lots yeah. of kilowatt hours in it that can push that thing around, that big two thousand pound thing, and go four hundred miles, you're gonna have to charge it up at some point. So you're gonna use a supercharger. Are they building them fast enough, Robert? Are they building them fast? Enough. Well, you know, I, I lifted this chart that I just got a couple days ago from Galileo Russell of Hyperchange uh, that shows supercharger station growth by quarter. And if you look at it, uh, this is a linear curve. It's not exponential. It shows that a steady increase in the number of superchargers quarter after quarter after quarter. And I think that, you know, it's encouraging to see this. We're up to a little over 2,000 supercharger stations at this point. Uh, I'll report in a moment how many more. But it's, uh, you know, I started thinking when I was looking at this, how much, how many supercharger stations do we need? And there's a problem. We have a disconnect, right? It's not, most people don't use a supercharger, right? Like for me, the last time I used a supercharger was, I have to think back. I don't know. A couple of months ago, I think I needed some extra charge because I couldn't get on the charger here at my home. Or but that's because you have a three now. That when you had an S, if you still had the S, you'd still be supercharging, right? I'd be supercharging more often. That is correct. Now that I have over three hundred range, or I'm I'm keeping it at like two eighty as my ninety percent range level. And that kind of brings up an interesting point, right? So like more cars are being built. Right, more more Model Threes, more Model Ys. The superchargers aren't being built at the same ratios. However, as the cars get more range, you actually need less supercharging, and that has Correct. to be factoring in to the growth model of it as well. Obviously, you want to start putting superchargers in critical places or places where they aren't, but you do definitely need less of them. I know Mel's gonna argue that in areas with a lot of Teslas, you need a lot more for those busy vacation times or disaster times, but you can't necessarily, it's not 
the most cost-effective and the most uh, efficient use of resources, natural and otherwise, to build like this massive capacity that for the most part lays dormant 85, 90% of the time. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's still, you've got to go for the sort of worst case scenario. It's Christmas or it's, what's the uh, Thanksgiving when people do the most travel, I think, in the United States. When you see giant lines of people waiting for an hour even to get on the supercharger, that's, you can't have that. So the question is, yeah, the most efficient way to do that. And for a lot of people, having a longer range means that they can drive from San Francisco to LA and not have to supercharge and they get to grandma's house and they plug in there. So bigger batteries helps with that. Bigger batteries also helps with the speed of charging. So although on a V3 supercharger, you can do 250 um, kilowatts, you'll notice if you do that, that it doesn't last very long because they can't do that all the way up until the battery is full or even 80%. It does it for a fraction of the time, but the bigger the battery is, the more miles that time is. So if you've got a much bigger battery and it can, you know, if it's a 400 mile range and you can get up to 300 miles really fast, maybe you can start whipping people on and off the supercharger over five minutes, 10 minutes. If you can, you know, there's talk of V4 being over 350 kilowatts. So uh, it's, it's, there's different ways to deal with this, but uh, that issue of lines at the supercharger, they have to solve for that. And that means either you're over capacity, like you said, you've got way more than you need most of the time. Or you've got to be able to charge faster. And I think you also have to have bigger batteries. Otherwise, this continues to be an issue. It yeah. is an issue in some ways, but it hasn't... I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed. It hasn't impacted sales. <laughs> it hasn't impacted the stock price, right? We, we've had it three or four times, right? Three or four Thanksgivings, three or four holiday travel seasons, three or four busy summers, and... The, it's not like it's hidden. Everybody freaking talks about it when there's lines at Tesla. People know about it, and people are still buying the cars. They're figuring it out. Although it's, there it's, are plenty of people I've spoken to who have not bought a Tesla yes, that's what I was because say. of that problem. They don't want the problem. In fact, one yeah. person I know who drives an electric car is just like, you know, can't get over the fact that charging is such a hassle. Charging is a a stick in the mud, it, they haven't made the jump to sort of like, for me, it's second nature, right? But I've been in a Tesla since, whatever, seven years now. I haven't, I don't have that that problem as much. But if I did want to go, you know, up the western side of the Sierras and make multiple incursions up mountain roads to go to trailheads to do hiking and such, I'd have to sit down and do some some planning. And a lot of us a lot of people just, that's not their nature. They want to be able to just go and, yeah. you know, oh, there's a gas station. I'll just fill up. Boom. Done. Yeah. So. I get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it. And I go up there a lot, but you have superchargers in Mojave and you True. have superchargers in Bishop. I believe there's a supercharger in Lone Pine as well. Mammoth. So, I mean, that, that area is pretty well covered. Again, I don't know what it's like when it's busy, but. On the uh, Western side, it's not quite as good. But the western side seems like it would be better. Well, but the distances in to the mountains on the western yeah, side that's true. is quite a bit further. That's and true. that's where I've run into my challenges. But people are pushing the Tesla supercharger team to not focus or maybe to increase their focus more on the people who are buying Teslas. They're active people, typically, 
more so. They're like the people who buy Subarus and who buy SUVs that are, you know, off-road style trucks. You know, make sure that you have, like you, Tom, I mean, like, if you had, you know, a, a Model X and you could go 600 miles, then I think that, you know, you probably would give up your truck. It would depend on, well, there's certain areas that I could not go even in a Model X that I go in my truck. And that is what I'm hoping the Cybertruck will do or, or right. one of those trucks potentially. Although, again, I don't know if, you know, in reality, the affordability will be there. It'll be, that'll be a tough call because I, I again, I, I do, I don't drive it a lot, um, but it is not necessarily cheap and I want to do the right thing for the, for the planet as much as I can, you know, so. Um, the planet wants you to do that too. So uh, I'm hoping that with new technologies and different densities and stuff that we'll have a, more of a choice when it comes to range. So you've got your Model Y and the standard range will be 300, but actually now because the density has increased, uh, you can put get 500 miles range in that puppy or a 600 miles range in an X or an S. And they give that as an option because for some people, for those reasons, I like to drive in the mountains and I'm far away from things. 600 miles would really take out all the anxiety. But they've done that a couple of times and they always end up going back to the single offering, right? Like every time they seem to like have multiple battery options, they go back to the single offering. Now, They've never really done it where there's like two very, very different options, right? Like, so the Model 3, 300 and 450, right? That's 50% more. Who knows what that additional would cost? They could do that. The S, the same thing, right? Like, because there's a lot of people out there. Again, we're talking about natural resources. We're talking about lithium. We're talking about cobalt. We're talking about all the other things. And that the go weight that go into making a battery and the weight and the mining and, and everything that's involved. And if you don't need that, you shouldn't put it in your car. If you, you know who's going to push that, it, even 1% of the, if you only need that 1% of the time, you should not put that in your car. You just shouldn't, you shouldn't take those resources that you don't need in my opinion. And so if they made them an S for 350 miles and another one that's like 600 miles. And I, I could definitely see that, but, but what are you going to pay for that? But if you okay. have a ride, if you have like a, a limo service, you have a car service, you will pay for it because then you can keep your people on the road for an entire eight or 10 hour shift. Yeah. But, but that's such a, like my guess is at, as of now, that's a very minor use case for the individual. And when that day comes, those are decisions that Tesla's going to make. And of course, they're going to put in the maximum range in their vehicles, right? Or, or they may not. They may even make decisions that like this part of the fleet is going to be focused on this area. And we know that there's enough charging infrastructure in this area. And we only need to put 100, 200 mile ranges in this area. Uh, and, and so we will. Again, my guess is there's a lot of algorithms and mathematics that would potentially come into play because, again, they don't want to use more resources than they actually need to use right. at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and so I, 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 I definitely see your point and I definitely feel that. But I and I do think there will be people like Malik who will make the decision to get a 600 mile range vehicle at some point. But then the question becomes, like, is that the best thing for? 
for what Tesla is trying to do. Would you be, would you rather have Tesla making two 300 mile cars or one 600 mile car? No, I think you said what you said about the rideshare network is exactly right. At the point where I can on a Tesla rideshare network dial up the few times a year that I really would need a 600 mile range or it would be nice. I'm just going to rent it and get it off the rideshare network. And my daily driver is going to have 200 or 300 miles range. That, that is the perfect scenario because then um, you make a lot fewer of them, but, but they're out there. And I'm like, uh, and maybe that's a thousand miles one. It's like, I'm really going deep into the bush for a week. And you know why I think that what they're, they're not putting out the roadster yet. I'll go out on, on a limb here because they want to push the range of the roadster. You know, it's the magic number right now. Thousand. 700 mile range because do you know the Cannonball Express, how long they have to travel for the Cannonball Express? 700 miles. It's 2,800 miles, which is four mm. times seven. Mm. And so if you can start with a full charge, you can get all the way across the United States with only three pit stops. And Tesla Roadster will just blow away everyone else on the right, but you're Express. talking 700, but that's like you're talking about a race scenario. The the roadster will not get 700 miles at like full race speeds. That will be like uh, 700 miles at 35 miles an hour with the windows rolled up and the air conditioner off, right? Like that's that's what that's what all of this range means, anyways, right? We all know that. Well, yeah, yeah it's actually it's not it's the, the range that has been coming out from users is much better at highway speeds than I would have guessed. Like there's a number of YouTubers out there getting 270 on the Model Y at 70 miles an hour on the freeway. That's pretty good. Um, if you drop That's it to good, 60, yeah. 65, you you can get to pretty close to what is stated. You know, the ranges here in the United States is different from the what they do in Europe. Here it's a mix of, you know, it's more like uh, rural driving. It's more like an average of about 60-ish miles an hour to get that range. So uh, that's, it's, it's not bad. The right, European one is ridiculous. Eight, it's but, like, if you bump that up, but if you bump that up to 85, 90 oh, yeah, in a cannonball absolutely. type of a situation, right, it's going to definitely I'm like, well, we're focused on the cannonball run. Like, we're on the <laughs> cannonball run. <laughs> well, I mean, I've uh, got it, all the babes around reality, me. And I'm, <laughs> there's but a beer. We're talking about and, the... Th- <laughs> We're talking about the 395 in, in California, right? And you're going to drive 80 on that thing. Like, you're just going to. doesn't matter what you're in. You're going to drive 75, 80 miles an hour on average up that road. And if you have a Model 3 with, you know, 300 miles of range, you're going to get not 300 miles of range if you take it on that highway. I would love to hear from somebody who ride drives that route regularly. I've been on the 395 many, many times this year. You see a lot of Teslas on that road. There are a shit ton of them out there. And I would love to know what kind of, uh, you know, range they're getting, uh, you know, at that long distance, high speed driving. All right. So you're not going to give me a big battery. You better give me some superchargers. Robert, you better tell me that we've had a lot of superchargers since we last spoke because we haven't spoken for a few weeks. Come on. Yeah, we haven't spoken since the 5th. That's when we recorded So from the time we recorded till now, 20 days, we have 18 new open superchargers. That's pretty good. One a day? One a day, yeah. yeah. Almost. And that includes uh, 10 in the United States, three in Great Britain or the UK. Then we have one each in Portugal, Hong Kong, Germany, Mexico, and Canada. 
And the one in Mexico is uh, near San Luis Potosi, and it's uh, four uh, full level three superchargers. Pretty exciting. What part of the country is that? Do you know? Uh, it's in the middle. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that funny? That was a valid question. Oh, Calabasas is not getting a supercharger ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever. It's upsetting. Unless they oh, that's the right. That's the one that we've been watching for forever. For mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Where they delivered the boxes and then they took the boxes away. And that was yeah, like, that was kind of sad. That's a Caruso property, and I think he showed very little interest in uh, adding some. Yeah, but he was supposed to. He was supposed mm-hmm. to have a supercharger at every one of his properties. That was the promise that I heard. So this supercharger is about a hundred miles west of Mexico City, between okay. Mexico City and Puerto Vallarta. About two thirds of the way so from you could, Puerto Vallarta. You could go to, to the coast. That'd be nice. Yeah. Since we're talking about superchargers, can I ask this question again? I've been asking it many times over the years of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Where are the solar canopies and the batteries that That's are associated with That's a good question. That's a good question. Where are they? But I mean, Hawthorne. I guess, but, but, but maybe Elon's focusing on you know making renewable energy for the entire grid, which is actually more effective overall. In you know, like make I'm just if the saying, grid. I hear you. Used you. to say it's going to be a hundred percent renewable and blah 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 and solar canopies everywhere. I'm not seeing yeah. any solar canopies. Um, yeah, no, that's they true. They've had few. issues with production of solar panels, right? In Buffalo, they have had problems with their partners, and they have had issues building batteries for power walls up until recently they weren't really delivering a lot of power walls right like that was yours were delayed very considerably so they can't do canopies until they have enough batteries to go around to build the energy to storage of that solar as and well. they are they are battery constrained again because people have been saying they can't get their power walls and elon tweeted we're trying to catch up 2021 i think you know when you put in a 20 trillion megawatt hour thing in Northern California. That's a lot of cars. If you do another one, how many power packs is that? I mean, there's a different battery chemistry, right? For those mega packs than there are for the cars, but like how many power walls is the mega pack is a single mega pack. It's gotta be 20, 30. I think, yeah, I don't know exactly, but it's 256 mega packs. Right, and each one of those mega packs is probably at least twenty power walls. So maybe you're talking more? about a, yeah, fifteen, fifteen hundred. Oh, is that yeah, power so, walls? It's a lot. I mean, and, and so yeah. Well, so they made a deal with uh, Panasonic. Panasonic's putting in another production line in Sparks, Nevada, at the Gigafactory, Nevada, oh, that's which good. is supposed to increase the capacity something like ten percent. This is a new investment that Panasonic has now agreed to. Plus, they're going to make batteries in China by CATL to supply the, the Chinese Shanghai Gigafactory. And I, I expect they're going to be making some sort of Powerwall prod, product in China, though I think the majority of people in China don't live like we do in single-family residences. So the power packs... Uh, are probably more of a product they'll sell in China than power walls. And in Fremont, they're adding more capacity to the what they're calling the Penta factory for battery production in Fremont as well. 
So there's that. But it's still not enough. They need to hurry up. I didn't think they made batteries in Fremont. There's, it's like, I think it was like their experimental lab, but it looks mm-hmm. like they're going to do significant production. This is of Tesla's own batteries that they're playing with their own chemistries and this right. and this stuff. I yeah. wonder if the Panasonic investment, it's pretty close to battery day, whether or not they're going to, when that, that will be up and running with potentially new chemistry. And I wonder if they're going to do that one specifically for like, energy storage products as opposed to vehicle products again because they're like they're different chemistry so you don't want to be changing the lines back and forth right well supposedly a battery day is actually going to be in fremont at this new battery making place at the the fremont factory okay or, or i think it's like i'm sure our, across i'm sure our invitations i'm sure our invitations are oh, yeah. coming they're I, absolutely I coming they leave us out of that and they're talking about they're going to need about 500 workers they're going to do 24-hour shifts I mean, not 24 hours, shifts. run this thing 24 hours a day. So I don't mm-hmm. know how much is going to come out of that puppy, but it could be a lot. And so we were in the middle of the supercharger report. So I'll just finish oh, off telling oh, you that we have another 19 superchargers added to the construction list, which That's includes, amazing. yeah, 19. Considering COVID and the difficulty in pulling permits and getting construction crews maybe together in this time of, because a lot of these crews travel around, they have to go to hotels. So there's a lot more coordination challenges during Mm -hmm. um, a pandemic, but 19 superchargers now under construction, including Jack London Square in Oakland. Since California is such a center of Tesla activity, that's a very nice place to go. I enjoy Jack London Square. And to know that there's a supercharger there is pretty cool. And how many of those under construction are in uh, the United States and how many are international? Do you know? That's a great question. I didn't tally that. But I can tell you that there are nine in the permit phase, including one in Marina del Rey, California, Hmm. which is just down the street from me. And that's probably, uh, I don't know if it's going to be at the Tesla service center because they ran into a snag with the locals who did not want Tesla to include a sales showroom at the Marina del Rey Delivery Center. So the delivery and, center, not not the, not a service center, because the service center is in a different, is not, or did they put a service center in the delivery center? Yeah, I think uh, they have service capacity there, but it is a delivery center primarily. I think they wanted to use it as a sales center as well, because it's basically mm-hmm. set up for that. But I think the locals didn't want more traffic. And whether or not they throw some superchargers in that parking lot, I wonder. I thought they would. I mean, it seems kind of natural. It's right off the freeway. It's perfect. You can leave the lobby open in the evening with a code. So if you go and supercharge your car, you can hit the bathroom and maybe get a drink or something like they do at some of the nice service centers, nice uh, superchargers. But there's not much like else around there for people to like walk to, like to get food no. or anything like that. So that's no. you know one of the downsides is that you don't really have that 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 capability there. So should we talk a little bit about Mars? Let's talk about Mars. Please, I've been waiting all day for you, us to talk about Mars. Well, last show we talked a little bit about some of the uh, the spacecraft that are heading towards Mars right now. And there are three separate missions that are en route 
we'll all get there in February. So I'm you know what f- time in February? Are we talking like my birthday? Yeah, That'd no, on cool. the 15th at 6 a.m. East, uh, Western time. So we won't be able to record during them all, but no, that's BS. I don't know exactly when they're all supposed to land. I expect that I could look that up. So I'll but look yeah, it up while you finish talking. I'm part. looking forward to February. We're going to have a couple of shows where we get to uh, watch these exciting missions to establish, again, water, life, respiration, the existence of once life, meaning there could now be life again. And this in conjunction with the fact that SpaceX is still pushing with the Raptor and the Starship and the Super Heavy to put together a launch vehicle that could get us to Mars. But so we've got five en route. It looks like total. No, no, four. So the Emirates Mars mission scheduled to land February 2021 is en route. Well, they don't give us a date. That's an orbiter. It just says February 2021. Yeah. The Chinese Tin One orbiter and lander rover proposed orbit insertion the 11th to the 24th of February 2021. And the lander rover proposed to land in April, April 23rd of 2021. The two, the Perseverance and the Ingenuity. So the Perseverance is the rover. It is proposed to land on February 18th, 2021. And then the Ingenuity helicopter is also going to land at that same time and then will be deployed at a later date from the Perseverance rover. So that is your Mars uh, lander update. There's four vehicles en route and some of those vehicles. Actually, it is three vehicles. The Emirates is one vehicle. The Tinwen is another vehicle. Well, it's weird because in some of this this list on Wikipedia, they list the orbiter, but right. not... There's no orbiter for the two NASA for the NASA mission. Right. They're just going right in. Yeah, the chi- and then and then uh, they're also looking to bring back samples from Mars to the uh, Earth. Not on these missions though. They're just going to they're going to I think this mission they're going to gather those samples and then they're going to leave them in a mailbox. Right. But the post but the post office is not going to be able to get them. Uh, right, cuz they don't have underfunded. Enough funding. Yeah. <laughs> they're being underfunded. <laughs> But yeah, they're 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 supposedly going to be leaving them for a mission to come the next time around and pick up those. That's amazing, isn't it? That, that seven billion people here on Earth will be sitting on Spilkes, just anxiously waiting this letter from Mars that can't be delivered because the post office has <laughs> not been properly funded. I can't believe that. Yeah. I'm very, we talked about this a little bit the last time. I am very, I have a lot of trepidation about bringing stuff back from Mars. Like aliens. Like whatever. I don't care what it is. And I know we brought some stuff from the moon and that turned out to be okay. But it scares the bejesus out of me to imagine bringing some crazy thing freaking from Mars and unleashing it on this planet. Andromeda strain. What could go sure. wrong, Tom? What Any, could go no. wrong? I don't. I don't want to live in 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 coronavirus Martian coronavirus quarantine for the rest it's of my life. It's the stuff of science fiction, and it's so exciting because imagine if there was a biological entity there that could infect us for which we had no immunity. 
It would be so cool. Like War of the Worlds. See, the Martians came to us and our little viruses infected them and it saved us. So, you know, it can go both ways. All right. Wouldn't that be kind of crazy that this thing comes here and then all of a sudden it says, oh my God, oxygen grows up really big. And then we cough on it. Coronavirus gets in and boom, it's dead. You are freaking me out, man. This is a freaking. You are a writer. I see a Hugo Nebula Award and everything for you right there. Woo, woo, woo. Freaking out. And there are four other trips to Mars in development at the moment. Yeah. And Elon is still saying in the next uh, opposition, I think it's called opposition. I keep working on this, this astronomy terminology. In the next Mm -hmm. opposition, when we come close to Mars, that's in 2022, Mm -hmm. that he wants to send a number of missions, not manned or womaned. And then in 2024, send people. He says, though, it might be a one-way mission. But we'll have an update on that as well. One-way mission. I'm going to Mars and that's it? I'm not coming back? Well, the problem is that getting there, you're going to develop leukemia, lymphoma, (laughs) and kidney cancer. Because you can't be shielded properly with today's current technology traveling for six to ten months. Did, has anybody space. thought about this <laughs> when, we're ta- <laughs> when, we're, when we're talking about sending hundreds of thousands of people to Mars? You're going to send a whole bunch of like, so how much chemotherapy are you bringing with you to Mars? Like, right. that's crazy. Yeah. I'm so Not sorry. Not to mention, they take your stem cells just before you get on uh, the rocket to go to Mars. They take your stem cells and they put them in a jar and then they, then they surround it with lead. And then when you okay. get there and your mm-hmm. bone marrow is completely shot and your DNA is gone, then they re-inject it into you and you'll be fine. Just saying. Could that sounds like something out of a Kim Stanley Robinson book. Yeah. My God. That does sound lovely. And you get to pay a quarter million dollars for the privilege. That's fair. No, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to be 250000 when they're up That is up a quarter million dollars, just for the record. I just want well, to throw that I out just, there. I just, you know... Man, I'm listening with my creative ear, not with my calculating ear. I have you in my right ear, but not in my left ear. And so the other thing is that SpaceX is going strong. Have you watched any of the videos from Boca Chica Gal on the NASA? They're absolutely mesmerizing. Yeah, so go to NASA Space Flight Now YouTube channel and Uh this uh, and Mary McConaughey who lives in Boca Chica. Not for long. Well, and uh, and the, the videos are mesmerizing. The, the, they're like 4K. The pictures are amazing. Now Elon has installed all of these amazing lights. So like at nighttime, as the sun is setting, she's taking pictures and there's these colorful LEDs on the sides of the buildings and the tents. And the place looks like so cool. And it is going gangbusters. They're building, building, building. They're now laying all the foundation and the structural work for the launch pad for the Starship, the three-engine Starship, right? At this point, we've only had a one-engine Starship take off, go, I don't, I forgot how far it was, 150 meters up, and then land back down. But there's supposed to be a three-engine Starship that they're going to launch up, and they're actually going to use the fins And they're going to have it belly flop back to Earth as part of its demonstration. 
and they've in, they've brought down to Boca Chica this big, heavy, I think it's got concrete in it, cap piece that goes on the top of the of the rocket, very heavy, because the three Raptor engines that are going to propel it up are so powerful that without this super heavy, dense thing on the top, the rocket would just go, you know, <laughs> out to space. Boom! They'd yeah. be out looking for uh, the Mars Man 1. Yeah, because uh, they can't turn down the thrust enough to keep it from going way out. So this is uh, this is amazing. And then you can watch her videos. I put in a couple of pictures here of, uh, or at least one picture, just how clear and crisp they are. You can see the different sections. They label them. It's a lot of fun. I, I recommend it's a good pastime. Elon actually tweeted out a picture of um, the rocket and the people working around it. And he's like, look at the people. They look like tiny ants. <laughs> it's right. trying to give it some perspective about how big this thing is. This thing is giant. So I'm, cur- I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I also included a link to an Atlantic article about how SpaceX bought up Boca Chica. They bought up and they're continuing to expand the size of the rocket factory. And then there was recent talk about how you would not be able to launch the Super Heavy or even the Starship from land. You'd have to be something like 17 miles offshore because of the intensity of the sound of the launch of the rocket. So they're starting to develop these launch platforms that go out to sea. They're like enormous. If you think the the barges on which they land the Falcon 9 is big, uh, this is so much bigger. That's why yes. in the initial renderings when they were talking about these things, they had the little animated people getting onto a boat going out to a launching site, which was on one of these things out in the water. That's why. So it's, yeah. the, it's the sound that's the problem, not the yeah. when it goes boomy boom is the problem? I'm sure that would be a problem too, but that would be a problem, period. I mean, like everybody on the platform would be vaporized. Yeah, but yeah, it's better just to vaporize those people than to have it next to a city of 100,000 people and like take half of those people out as well. So Yeah. Did you, did you say well, Beirut? Boca, oh, Boca Chica only has like 40 homes in it and, uh, you know, Tesla's using some tactics to buy up all those homes and get those people out of there, which is, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I have mixed emotions about the way they're going about it. Okay. There you and did did Tesla win a big uh, military contract they're not telling us about? Yeah, they did. There was this big military contract they won, and I um, did not dig deep into it. But I think the bottom line is, is they're, they're being kind of quiet about it because it's a, um, it's a secret. For, it's for Space <laughs> Force. It'll be about a dozen spacecraft that they're going to launch for Space Force. So that means they're spy satellites. Don't, don't tell anybody. Um, and, uh, and it's going to be over the next five years worth well north of $1 billion. A B, big so B that billion. is a very, very impressive amount of work for all of those folks at SpaceX who've been working very, very hard. I'm curious if the military is going to allow them to do the reuse um stuff you know the military puts up pretty big satellites so they use falcon heavy for one of their launches already um i think in this i think in this one it's going to be a um they're looking to use the raptor powered space uh starship the starship 
to put up satellites because they want to put up bigger and bigger satellites. Maybe they could. So they're going to use Starship to put up satellites. Interesting, because that's not what Starship was being built for. But very, very. Hey, man, whatever makes whatever brings in the cash. I just had an idea. Mm -hmm. Work with me on this. This will be fun. Starship is so big, so much thrust. Why don't we turn it upside down, shove the Mm -hmm. nose cone into the Earth, Uh uh, fire it up, and push Uh us away from the sun just to cool things down a bit? Like, just take the orbit just out there a little bit. Just. Use that rocket to just push the Earth out of orbit a little bit, cool things down. Just an idea, no, just thinking. I'm no Earth scientist, but that seems very risky. That seems impossible. That's like saying, I'm going to add one drop of fresh water to the ocean and change the salinity. I haven't thought it through completely, I'll be honest with you. It's just, I've got to do some more yeah. back-of-the-napkin math. But I think, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I think we you all need could to fire that. a few of them at once. Right, or maybe we just have everybody in the northern hemisphere jump like, at the same time. Jump at the same time and and just kind of like slowly hammer away at it a little little bit at a time. Or I've got a better idea. You could mm-hmm. just let one big one go, one big <laughs> fart. Everybody in North America eat cabbage because tomorrow <laughs> at twelve, at, at twelve exactly, <laughs> we have a very narrow launch window. Instantaneous, no less. That sounds great. And then if we all just accidentally change the angle of the rotation, it'll yeah. mess up the Earth. Tom just gets it a field. millisecond off, and we start spinning out of control and head oh, past Neptune. That would be uh, terrible. It's, it's like a Monty. So this last article that I pulled on yeah, the crash, terrifying, the crash on the moon of the mm-hmm. Israeli lunar lander, the one that has the. Uh, Adorable little tardigrades that Mel loves so much. I love the tardigrades. They oh, gross me out. They look so like so gross. You know what these like things are? Remember, young. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is a an organism. It's an animal. It looks on the electron microscopes like a little bull or a, a monstery thing, and they supposedly can live in the vacuum of space and the death that is space for years. And then reanimate when given reanimation things like, I don't know, a bit of water and stuff. So these things are up there on the moon and they're mm-hmm. already evolving. They're growing. They're getting bigger and they're microscopic right now. But by the time we get there, they're going to be what Robert said before. They're going to be huge. And the only thing that's going to stop them is coronavirus. And then we're going to I be think like, okay. Looking at this photo in this Wired Magazine article, I think these things came from space, <laughs> so we may actually be sending them home. They may be like, God, it. You know how hard it was for us little microscopic things to get here, and, and now you're sending us back. back? <laughs> what the hell? It's not fair. Either? No, that's what's going to get them pissed off, and uh-huh. they're going to then revolt. Yeah, they just Very came clear. here to like. They came here to retire. This is like the Florida for the tardigrades. Yeah, this is the keys, and they're like, yeah. They're I mean, if like, you if you haven't seen chill. these, for goodness sake, right now, get the kids, <laughs> do a search for tardigrades, look at these things, and tell me it's not a monster from another planet that it can looks survive like a piece years. Of taffy. Yeah, it looks like chewing way. gum. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, so there's a gif. Disgusting. There's a gif in this Wired article, there a is? crashed lunar lander. Yeah, it's about 
uh, I don't know, a couple of stretches down where they show two images of the moon, one from December oh, of 2016 nice. and then of April of 2019. And you can see where the tardigrades are. You can see the smear on the surface of the moon where this crash occurred. And I thought that was the coolest part of the whole article. Do you know why they were sending tardigrades to the moon? Like, what did the tardigrades, were they tardigrades, did they not do their homework? Like, what was the deal <laughs> with the Israelis? Like, why, why were sure they, they were doing experiments there? in space and the plan wasn't to crash. It wasn't part of the plan. Uh, yeah, no. That, that happened. That is an amazing gif of this stain on this moon. Like, oh, boom, hole. So yeah, tardigrades. the tardigrades that they sent up there were dehydrated. That's how they live. That's how they, they stay were, viable. They were sprinkled onto tape, so they're 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 stuck to some tape on the moon. <laughs> right, and the tape is on a disc, which included uh -huh. like DNA. That the DNA was used to encode all of this information. I mean, it's like crazy stuff that they did to try and. Was it the DNA um, of humans and now the tardigrades have incorporated the DNA of humans so the tardigrades become sentient and they're huge and they're going to come back and they're going to eat us? Is that what you're saying? No, do -do I don't think that's do -do how it works. But they enter a metabolic pro where a state where their metabolic process stops and the water in their cells is replaced by a protein that turns their cells into glass. These are not from this earth. Like <laughs> they did not come from here, anyways. There's just they're a no silicon-based organism, not a carbon-based organism. They didn't come from here. You heard it here first. This is fact. Go check it. But it's <laughs> this fact. is what this is what they got in Area 51, and they are sending them back. They're like, you guys want to send them back? Yeah. Like, let's get them out of here. Yeah, there's some dude in Area 51 who keeps hearing voices. Send us home, and he's looking around. He can't see anything, and then he gets his electron microscope, and there's a tardigrade waving at him. Send us home, you bastards. This is the <laughs> end. This is the end of that. See, I had a hard time justifying what was done on this mission because mm -hmm. you know people who I I hang out with sometimes say all this space money that we're spending to do these things, why don't we spend it on education, feeding the poor, housing the homeless, etc.? And on this mission, they created this new way of storing information where they used a nickel plate that's like atoms thick, and they put these images on glass using deposits of nickel, atom by atom, 25 layers of this, they put something like, I don't know how many thousands of books, literally the images of the pages of books, 60,000 high-grade resolution images of groups of book pages onto four layers. They sent 25 layers of nickel. It had all of like the human genome on it. It had all this information. And I thought, my God, that must have taken a lot of time and energy and money. Why? And then I thought, well, I guess if we completely destroyed ourselves here, there would be this disc with tardigrades taped on it, sitting on the moon, now in a schmear on the moon, and somebody could find that and say, whoa, these were some interesting people. What the hell happened to them? I have a little, I have a little more information as I read a little deeper into this article. Here's this one. You're going to enjoy this one very much. Missions destined for places like Mars are subject to much more stringent sterilization processes than missions to the moon, which has few of the necessary conditions for life and isn't at all a risk of contamination. In fact, 
they are not even the first people to leave DNA on the moon. Do you guys have any idea who left the first DNA on the moon? Neil Armstrong. Apollo astronauts. And you know what kind of, how much or and what kind of DNA they left on the moon? This is fascinating. Somebody they, took a dump poop. behind a truck. Yeah, I was caught short. I had to go poopy. I dropped trail <laughs> behind the rock over there. A <laughs> hundred bags of human feces are currently on the moon. <laughs> what the hell, bro? What is it with humans that we just leave our poo <laughs> everywhere? Whatever happened to leave no trace? I know. Yeah. Dig a little hole, just like Yogi Bear talked. <laughs> dig a little hole. Did we dig a hole? I don't think so. We just threw it out of the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. A <laughs> hundred bags of poop. How oh much do you think God, I could get for crazy. Neil Armstrong poop Oh, in if you an could, auction on the... Yeah, if you could, could dry that out. Bring it back. Put a little potpourri in there. Yeah, you I feel like bank. it's already pretty dry after being <laughs> on the moon for 50 years. Can we do media picks? Because I'm done. You guys are great. Nasty. But this is just getting silly. <sighs> I'm going to give you my media pick. What I've is never it? been more excited about anything in my life. Nothing. There's really? nothing. Nothing. Wow. Let me say it one more time. I don't want to overstate it because that would be bad. But there is nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing I'm more excited about. I have my season pencil two. ready. Season mm-hmm. two of The Boys. It's not out yet. It's on Amazon. If you don't know what The Boys is, The Boys is a group of superheroes and a corporation around these superheroes on Earth, and they are entirely evil. Imagine if Superman was evil, putting on the persona that he's a nice guy, but actually evil. And there's a group of these superheroes, and there's this corporation, and season one was so good. Season two is going to be better. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the boys, do not watch this if you don't like nakedness, silliness, and superheroes that are evil. Do not watch it. Are they? Are we talking naked, silly superheroes who are evil? Is that what's Well, the premise is a little ridiculous, but all superhero okay. premises are... There is some nakedness, there is some words, so not for okay. the kids, but if you want to dive into the imagination of people who go like, what if superheroes were real? Do you really think mm-hmm. they would be benign? How many of them would become psychotic with the power that they have? This explores that it's so good. Wow, that is very, very impressive. My media pick, I think, was my media pick the last time we watched, and it's going to be Yellowstone again because I am not done watching it. I am like two episodes left in, the, in season three. Uh, it will be finished this evening. Very, very good. And also, I will recommend Taste the Nation from one Padma Lakshmi, which is a show about immigration and immigrant contributions to this country, as well as Native American contributions to this country, hidden in the guise of a food show. Mm. So it's a food show where she talks about their food, but she really talks about their immigrant experience. So she talks about the Peruvian community and Native American community and the Indian community and a bunch of other communities. It's 10 episodes. She's amazing. You may know her as the host, one of the hosts of the Top Chef show. Um, Really quite stunning, beautifully shot, produced by her. I can't recommend it highly enough. Wow, Mel's really taking this to heart because he's going in the background and he's turning on the television so he can watch it right now. Yeah. Actually, I heard that there's a playoff game. And I keep hearing there about it. Here is. Here, here's what's going on. Lawrence Friedman, friend of mine, uh, 
he's uh, texting me constantly, and here's what he keeps saying. Yeah, Don Avec, Don Avec, who is this? You know this person, Tom. Some, there's some basketball player right now who plays for the Mavericks, I think, and they're in a playoff with the Clippers. Uh-huh. And he's like, this guy is a better basketball player at the same age than Jordan was. And he knows that Jordan is my hero. And so I need to watch this guy play for a bit because uh, he's got to be good. Uh, is that right? Is people who know basketball, is this guy a good player? Uh, it's Luka Doncic, and he is a good basketball player. I don't watch enough basketball to know whether or not he's as good as Michael Jordan. Uh, my guess is he is not, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my I, guess is that every to, time somebody yeah. says this person is as good as Michael Jordan, it's not yeah. true because yeah. it's not true. And I don't know if you all watched that whole Michael Jordan documentary, but if anybody thought that they were better than Michael Jordan, he really went out of his way to make sure that they understood that they were not. Oh boy, dude. <laughs> that oh documentary boy, is so good. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's good, but you know, make a documentary uh with your own production company uh telling your own story, it kind of yeah, it's but, a little slanted. But you know what's great? It's so of course it's slanted and it's biased and it's but they shot it 20 years ago. That's what's amazing about it. They shot it 20 years ago. And now they just released it. The forward thinking, I don't know. I'd like to Not hear the, the narration, but the narration is all new. They shot the, the basketball yeah, sequence. Yeah, but they shot the behind like the scenes and stuff. And then it's been sitting yeah. there, I don't know, on the shelf somewhere. And then right. you know, I love that yeah. when it's like that's, that's forward thinking. That's called film production. Yeah. It's pretty like, cool. That's why right now for the last 10 years, I've had a film crew follow me around because one day my story needs to be told. Mel Herbert. The man who poops too much. The man, the myth, <laughs> the, man, the myth, the legend. That's hey, Mel. Be a lot, a lot of bathroom sequences in that movie, folks. A lot hey, Mel, of would bathroom you, sequences. Would you be interested in hearing what my media picks are? I would. Be. There is nothing. I would like to hear more <laughs> than your media picks. Nothing. <laughs> oh my God. Go. Uh, I read a book. It was called The Nickel Boys. No, you didn't. You listened to a book. You're right. I did listen to it. Thank you. I didn't even know if you'd listened. I just assumed you did. (laughs) It's called The Nickel Boys. It was actually very well done. It won an Mm -hmm. award, like the Pulitzer Prize, by Colson Whitehead. Highly recommend. Very good book. It was very thought-provoking. Nickel Boys. This gives me no idea what it's about. It's about making Tesla batteries with nickel instead of cobalt? You You could think that. You could think that. But really what it's about... Yeah, it's a takeoff. It's a fictionalized story that was based on a boys' correctional uh, school. I'll use that word loosely in the Panhandle of Florida. So where all these uh, young men, ten to eighteen years old, would be sent if they were uh, how would I say bad? I'm just going to say that as a loose description because many of these boys were not bad, but they ended up there anyway. And their experiences as told in this fictionalized story, but based on a lot of truth and fact, it's tragic. And it's amazing that so many people uh, allowed it to happen. They, they stood by and they didn't say anything. This book uh, won the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for fiction, by the way. Yes. Uh, was a New York Times bestseller, won the Kirkus Prize, the Orwell Prize for political fiction, 
one of the top 10 books of the year by Publishers Weekly, and Barack Obama said, a necessary read. All right, I'm going to drop that in the feed. Uh, Good. Uh, for the awards. Very nicely done. Nice. Very nicely uh, somebody done. is winning the uh, awards here right now, and it's Robert. It's better than The Boys, which is about uh, superheroes that become psychotic. All right, fine. Yeah, and then another pick. Television uh, series that just began last Sunday on HBO. If you have HBO, probably worthwhile getting HBO. If you like science fiction, which here we are, a show about forward looking, and we all appreciate science fiction. It's called Lovecraft Country. And it's by uh, one of the executive producers is Jordan Peele. If you remember, he's a comedian. What's he doing? Yeah, well, he's done some great stuff otherwise, but he's doing this with J.J. Abrams. There's a lot of talent involved, and it's a, I think it's a 10-part, 10-episode series that is, um, it's interesting. It's, I don't know how to explain it. A guy comes back, a guy comes back from his service uh, in the Korean War uh, because his father's written him a letter, and he goes on a quest to find his father, uh, there's a lot of uh, his uncle, who he travels with, wrote a fictionalized version of the Green Book, which is this book for African-Americans who could travel safely and in the 50s and the 60s. And it's uh, I'm only two episodes into it. It's every Sunday. So we've just done two episodes so far because today is Tuesday. And, uh, and it's been good. If you like science fiction, horror, and uh and a, well there well there there is a creature that could actually be a tardigrade but you know 15,000 times larger <laughs> okay so tom take a little ativan before you watch it cuz it might horrify a you more i'm going to need all of the ativan you know, <laughs> yeah, i'm going to need some angiolysis Where, for on which, sure uh, on which of the various streaming HBO, uh, buddy? HBO. Uh, HBO. HBO. Okay, I'm all over that. Like so if you if you if you have the AT and T, your plan might give you HBO Max or whatever as part of your deal, uh, and you could probably watch it there. It's interesting. It's it's based on a town that was H.P. Lovecraft based his fictional tale. So H.P. Lovecraft, horror writer. This is called Lovecraft Country. The town is sort of based loosely on the town that Lovecraft wrote about in his fictional it's called tales. Artem, so kind of Artem, Massachusetts. And interestingly, H.P. Lovecraft was quite bigoted. Mm. He wrote a short story about terrible people who are N that begin with the N word, and it's interesting how they they flow this into the story and it's really almost like a um the story is coming full circle or at least the genre is coming full circle mm, it's a good watch it's definitely a good watch you know who i just I don't really like, i don't like the horror though and i so i probably can't uh, i'm excited it. about the horror it's interesting because you say uh you know sort of out of the blue this is a very bigoted person i just found out john wayne was like a white supremacist a full on. Dude, you just found that out. I had no idea. As an Aussie, I was like, "Oh, he <laughs> what just the hell is he's, wrong with he's you? on the horses and he's." T- and I'm yeah, watching YouTube no, videos and I'm like, person. "Wow, wow!" Like not a like uh, could be. It's like full on white supremacist 
Wow. Mofo. Yeah, they're thinking about uh, renaming John Wayne uh, Airport because You know, because I think they should after you hear this guy on national television in yeah. the 70s spouting And a cancer ideas. center. So maybe, maybe, what? maybe we can add this to the show. But as a child, as a listening, grew up listening to punk rock, there was a band called MDC that uh, million death corporations or millions of dead cops. They had all kinds of various things that the MDC stand for. They wrote a song called John Wayne was a Nazi. One of my all time favorite punk rock songs. And the lyrics are John Wayne was a Nazi. He liked to play SS. He had a picture of Adolf as a boy tucked in his cowboy vest. <laughs> so like, Dude, this is like widely known the, information. Could we, could we take the show out with that song? Yeah, solid. Can we make, a, can we can we make an exception? Show. One of my favorites. One of I want to hear that of all time. That's a great tune, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. On this up wow. note, uh, <laughs> let us end the show. It's talking test the one eighty. His name is Tom. His name is Robert. My name is Mel. It's a, it's a network of shows. You got your talking Tesla, You got your Elon. Today, you got uh, you got many iterations and situations. Yeah, you got all your other shows. Your your sciencey shows. You got your shabam and, you shows. Know, you got like, your uh, this one at a bit shows. You got you got so much going on here. It's like yeah. it's crazy. Spotify, come and get us. Spotify's yeah. gonna buy us for like a five, maybe six hundred million dollars. I mean, it's gonna I'm happen. Ready. Tom said. I'm ready. I wonder, wow. I wonder what we'll get out of that deal, Robert. What do you think? You think I he's don't know. I'll, kick down? I'll keep writing. I'll keep writing show notes for that. No problem. I have nothing. I have nothing in writing. The two of us really have no no I skin love, in the game. I can whatsoever. I can tell you, if Spotify buys this for six hundred million dollars, <laughs> then I am definitely, without a doubt, and I'm I'm going to be honest here, without a doubt, I'm taking you guys to lunch. <laughs> I'm paying, and I'm going to insist on paying for lunch. Okay. So, yeah. Right. We haven't managed to have our get-together planning dinner, I think. When did we talk about that first? Four or five years ago? Yeah. I'm paying for yeah. it. I'm just saying. With $600 million, I think probably the least I could do. Let me just think. Yeah, probably the least I could do <laughs> Literally. is buy dinner. But you might be able to like send a breakfast burrito to our homes. That there might be less. You might be able to do less. Oh, wait. Yeah. Lunch. I hear the door. <laughs> I, I think my Grubhub dinner burrito is waiting for me. Thanks, Mel. You're welcome. Uh, 180, 180 shows in and we get lunch. You get yeah. lunch. All right, boys. It's good times. See you, people. Always be safe. Fun. Be well out there. We'll talk Ciao. Till next time.